Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really fun podcast ahead of us. Get to break down Auburn's victory over the Texas A&M Aggies and Jordan-Hare this past Saturday, an absolutely freezing cold but extremely exciting game with Cadillac Williams getting the first win of his head coaching era, albeit in the interim head coaching era. We also have a couple basketball games that we can break down and talk about. The Tigers are 3-0 and on the hardwood, so we have a lot of really fun content ahead of us. Auburn will take on Western Kentucky in Jordan-Hare for the last home game of the season this Saturday. The Tigers are currently a five-and-a-half-point favorite. But first, to start off, let's kind of backtrack just a little bit. Wheeler, why don't you just kind of take it away, give us your thoughts about the Texas A&M game, where your mind was going. You know, we, we talked about it a lot before and at the actual game, where we were at, our kind of score predictions. Just kind of take us away, give us your thoughts about where your mind was at the entire game and leading up to it and just take it away um I thought that that was one of the better defensive performances I've seen out of Auburn in super long time um the defense has really stepped up the past couple weeks I think you know playing a little bit more simple defense has been able to help them um I thought that in the first half that the offense was really dynamic with the looks that they were giving Texas A&M, the different formations. I really like the formation where you get Damari, Jarquez, and Tank all on the field at the same time um, because that really opens up a lot and gives your offensive line a little bit of an advantage. The offensive line, you know, in the first half, honestly, the whole game, I didn't think the offensive line – uh, played poorly at all. Um, and, you know, I, I say that I thought that it was creative looks in the first half. I, I don't I don't think that the offensive play calls in the second half were even that bad. We do not have a Division One quarterback right now. I, I, and I'm going to assume that Holden is also not the Division One quarterback level right now. Um, I mean, it... Robbie just is incapable of throwing the football in any kind of consistent way. Uh, You have the play where he misses the wide open touchdown to Jarquez Hunter. Um, You know, people say he's young. Well, I mean, he threw 13 passes. He threw two interceptions and we had one reception from a receiver. So the Texas A&M defense had more receptions than Auburn's receivers did. Um, and it, it doesn't matter if you have the greatest offensive play caller in the entire world. If your quarterback is unable to throw the football in an effective way, uh, I mean, you're just going to struggle to score a lot of points. And 13 points is about what you – if you looked at Robbie Ashford's stat line and you said 
just the stat line, I don't think that I would know we scored 13 points. I, I really – I'd be impressed that we had scored 13 points. Conversely, if you told me that Tank and Jarquez had 121 yards, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we definitely won the game then. So we did win the game, uh, mostly because of Auburn's fantastic defense, in part helped by the fact that Jimbo Fisher is absolutely broken as an offensive play caller right now. And he has his best receiver sitting out because he doesn't want him to wear sleeves so he doesn't drop the pass. Um, Texas A&M is just really bad at football right now. Um, It was a great environment. I was super happy for Cadillac to get a win. Um, But I personally think that Auburn, I don't know, like we played fine. We played fine for who we have. It just it reminded me on Saturday that the talent that is on the roster right now on the offensive side of the ball is just minuscule. There's just not a lot of talent there. Um, however, I think that the Auburn being a five-point favorite over Western Kentucky is a bit extreme. Um, especially now, it would concern me a lot if we still if we had gotten that targeting call at the end of the game and we would be without a starting safety. Um, but honestly, one of Auburn's best defensive performances all year was against the air raid. And I know that Western Kentucky, you know, they they run the ball more than Mississippi State does, but for the most part, they're going to try and sling the ball all over the field. Um, so I would be I would not be surprised if we saw a more similar game plan to what we saw against Mississippi State with uh, Levant and Lester in at linebacker and the freshmen all over the place at the in the defensive backfield, um, just getting your best corners on the receivers to try and get some kind of coverage. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of that, First of all, I think this is something we talked about a little bit on the last podcast, but just really quickly, Jalen Simpson making the move to safety has been an incredible move for the defense. I mean, that has really – I think that has just really changed the dynamic of the entire secondary. I think Jalen Simpson is looking like a completely different player. He's arguably the best tackler in the secondary, and he's coming in from safety making some really clutch plays while still being, you know, a decent coverage man as a safety – and that also gives more opportunities for some of the younger corners to play like J.D. Ryan. We sung his praises a ton after that Mississippi State game. So, first of all, I think that's a really a really good move that I'm really happy that we're able to have Simpson be able to be a big, big uh, part. And then talking about the Texas A&M game, this is just a really quick question. Do you think that – so, obviously, we didn't play – I wouldn't say that this was our best game of the season – and a lot of people I felt like were asking me, they were kind of saying to to chill out. You know, they were kind of saying chill out. Texas A&M is three and seven. Where do you think the line is between Texas A&M has been putting up top seven, top ten recruiting classes for four to five years straight? So their roster is arguably one of the more talented rosters in college football. But at the same time, they are three and seven. So where would you kind of draw that line on how impressive you see this win as? I the, I think it's more impressive to beat Texas A&M than Mississippi State this year, personally. I know that Mississippi State beat Texas A&M, but I think, I think talent-wise, like you said, knowing that you can go and beat the talent that Texas A&M has means that you can beat the talent 
that Alabama has. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I think that this season, I mean, yes, Auburn fans care about the Western Kentucky game this weekend. They'll especially care if we lose the game. But really, the game that everyone is looking forward to is the Iron Bowl this year and having a chance in the Iron Bowl because it's one of those rare opportunities where halfway through the season, we thought we had no chance in the Iron Bowl. And all of a sudden, there's new life. And I think going and beating a team that has the talent that took Alabama to the wire not five weeks ago in their place and had a chance to win the game on the last play and their quarterback is just miserable, um, just like he was against Auburn, and they lost the game. Granted, that was against, you know, not a Bryce Young Alabama team, and that does make a difference. But I would say that Auburn's defense is better than Texas A&M's defense. Um, I mean, I didn't think that – the Texas A&M defense didn't do much to stop Auburn. Auburn did everything to stop itself. I mean, not Robbie can't throw the ball. They just – they lined up to play the run, and they said, that's fine. We'll let the receiver run past us, and Robbie's going to put so much air on the ball that this guy's going to have a five-yard lead. And I'm going to catch him, tackle him before the ball ever hits the ground. I mean, I've never seen a ball have that much air on it. It was like a punt. I think he had a better hang time than the Texas A&M punter who was struggling mightily. Bro couldn't do nothing. He was. He, he was terrible. Robbie had more hang time than he did. I mean, he hung that deep. We threw one deep ball up. I'm trying to even think of who he was throwing it to. I think he was throwing it to Javaris. But I could be wrong in that. And he just, I mean, he just, it is just like way up. I mean, it just about hit the upper deck. Um, No, I, I, I think that Auburn fans wanted to see on Saturday a win for Cadillac and to have hope that you can go and compete against Alabama. And I think you got both of those things. I think it's just tough. When, it's always tough when your team scores 13 points. That that was not an encouraging sign. Scoring 13 points was not on my bingo card and not what I was expecting and not encouraging me for future performances. I agree, but I also think – I think that you look at Robbie and obviously his grip on the football seems to be a problem. That's why he fumbles so much. That's why some of his throws are a little, little off. With it being as cold as it was – he obviously was struggling with gripping the football, which is why he only had six completions on the night and 60 yards. With that being said, I was impressed with the offensive line. The offensive line played arguably their best game of the season. You had two different guys have 121 rushing yards on a team that knew that we weren't going to throw it. Like when you you watch film on Robbie Ashford, you're like, all right, they're going to run the ball pretty much every play. And if it's not Tanker Jarquez, it's probably going to be Robbie running the ball. And it's not like it was like LSU where he kind of was slinging it around. I mean, this game, he had 60 passing yards in 60 minutes of football. I mean, you don't have to be a math genius to realize that that's just not that good. And so I don't, I think Texas A&M's defense was trying to sell out against the run, but the offensive line was getting enough of a push that they weren't able to do that. And obviously we only scored 13 points, but scoring 13 points when your offense is about as one dimensional as it could possibly be. I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think it's as bad as some people are saying. Now, obviously I'm not acting like our offense is going to be some kind of juggernaut and put up four touchdowns against Alabama, but 
if Robbie can get more of into a groove of being able to be a somewhat competent passer when it's cold, it might open up the offense a little bit more. And who knows, if you get some broken plays, he can hit a deep ball. You're trying to smoke the crack a little bit to get the excitement going for the Iron Bowl. But I will say, something that I was encouraged about was I remember this is kind of kind of a kind of just kind of a, a rabbit trail. But when Gus Malzahn was fired in 2020, there was a big movement from the players. A lot of people came out in support of Gus and saying, like, oh, they, they supported Gus, whatever. And a lot of those guys were from the defensive side of the ball. But when you looked at the offensive guys, there weren't a ton of offensive guys that were really in support of Gus. And the offensive guys that were, a lot of them were on the line. There really weren't many skill positions that were big Gus fans. You look at this past weekend, though, and obviously – Social media, Twitter was a huge thing. Everyone took to social media to talk about the game, especially the players. And I know Malcolm Johnson and Coy Moore especially both were kind of like, we want Coach Cadillac to be the head coach for good. And that was interesting to me because Robbie Ashford had one completion to a wide receiver, period. So only one, only one wide receiver caught a pass on Saturday. And Coy Moore and Malcolm Johnson were not that receiver. So – that did make me, I don't know, that kind of made me a little encouraged around the vibe of the team that even the guys that are not even getting close to touching the football but were playing the whole time, they're still in support of Cadillac. They're still 100% in on Auburn. They're hyped up about the games. So I do think that if you go in, I mean, we saw the energy The energy the past two games has been great. But if you go into, I mean, if you go into Alabama on a two-game win streak, the energy is going to be at an all-time high for this season. Yes. Okay. A lot to unpack there. First of all, you said Robbie not being able to grip the ball in the cold. Buddy, it's November. It's cold. Plot twist. It's cold this time of year. This is how the seasons go. It's going to be but cold. you know just as much as me, in Alabama, there's no guarantee then it's going to be cold on a Saturday in November. Okay. It's it's probably going to happen, but there is a chance that it's 80 degrees in the Iron Bowl. It's it's going to be freezing cold on Saturday. So the next game that we're playing that we actually have a forecast for, and it, let's see, it's Wednesday night. I'm going right now to the man himself, James Spann's website, to see what he says next week it's going to look like. And... Well, okay, it is warming up a little bit next week. Uh oh, uh oh. We have we have three we have sixty degrees on Tuesday, and that's as far as he goes right now. Hey man, um, if it's sixty on Saturday, Robbie might be looking like Johnny Manziel out there. Well, Robbie hadn't quite looked like Johnny Manziel in any game this year. Um, and the other thing. Yeah, I don't think that any of the receivers are going to blame Cadillac that they're not getting touches. Because dadgum, the guy can't go out there and throw, but he might be better at it. I'm, I'm, he's, Robbie is awful at throwing the ball. He just is. It's like watching Cody Burns throw the ball. Robbie Ashford is the new Cody Burns. You, he's great running the ball. You love the effort that he gives running the ball, but probably going to be better served as a receiver at Auburn. Then that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, right now that that's where you are with him, um, and so I don't know. You can smoke the crack and say that Robbie's going to be able to throw the ball. What's going to happen is this week Auburn's going to be able to run the ball. Okay, Auburn's going to be able to run the ball in Western Kentucky. 
we're probably not going to just absolutely murder them, but I think that we win by a couple touchdowns. Okay. And I think it's going to be kind of a game possession thing for us where we try and hold on to the ball and shorten the game a little bit um, to see if we can just grind out a win. Um, just, okay, looking at the weather now, it's going to be 52 at the Iron Bowl. So have fun gripping the ball in the 52-degree rain. Um, mm. Anyway, you are much higher on the team than I am right now. I think they're going to have to put a, a good performance together this week. I'm excited for the Iron Bowl. I'm excited for Auburn football again. I will give you that. I'm just saying, 13 points. 13 points. All now, they should have had a touchdown. It should have been 20. I mean, he was wide open. Oh, he was so open. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know Wheeler is always the emotion of the podcast. He gets higher than everybody else, and he gets lower than everybody else. And by every game day, he'll be feeling good about the game. I'm not saying that we're gonna win the Iron Bowl, and I guarantee you, Wheeler's gonna predict a win on the Iron Bowl podcast. 100%. He just is. 100%. He just is. And so the thing is, I'm just saying, I'm not saying right now that we're going to win the Iron Bowl, and I'm not necessarily saying that we have a chance in the Iron Bowl. But I will say, last year, we should not have had a chance in the Iron Bowl. They were a significantly better team. Yes, it was in Jordan Hare. We had T.J. Finley as the quarterback on one leg. The one touchdown we had was a screen pass to Kobe Hudson. We scored 10 points that game, and we should have won. And that's the thing that I you just never know. Iron Bowls are weird. Iron Bowls, you throw the records out, you throw the talent level out. 2015, there was no reason for that Auburn team to be on the field with that Alabama team, and it was a tight game most of the time. And so I'm just saying, with the emotion that this Auburn team has, the talent that they – they have enough talent to keep it close with Alabama. The defense is good enough to keep it close. You can look at Texas A&M, and you can look at their wide receiver core. It's better than Alabama's. It just is. And we locked them up. And now, granted – Bryce Young and Connor Weigman or Weigman, they're very different. But I will say, Weigman is a stud. Like, he was rattled like crazy against Auburn. He That one touchdown pass that he threw, that was – I mean, you just had to tip your hat to him. That was impressive. Obviously, Bryce Young's going to be able to carve us up like a turkey. That's just how it is. But we've been able to slow Bryce Young down before. A lot of the guys that played in last year's Iron Bowl are going to be playing again. It's a lot of the same guys. So I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to win. I'm not saying it's going to be super close. But don't be super surprised if it is close because our guys have seen that they can beat a team with comparable talent, and they've seen they can hang with those guys the year before. You look at every starter on our team for the most – I mean, Derek Hall, Colby Wooden, Owen Papo, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett. Like, a lot of these guys, they were on the field last year. They know what happened. And so – I don't think that they're necessarily going to be scared of that that Alabama on the chest. Like with what Mike Leach was saying about his guys at Mississippi State, that they have the ta- they had the talent to win. They were just scared of that Alabama, and Auburn's not going to have that. So I'm not trying to sound like just some kind of sunshine pumper to say that we're going to win every game. But I will say, if we do win on Saturday, which I will be extremely disappointed if we don't, the energy around the team it's going to be our guys are going to expect to win the game they are going to feel like they are good enough to win the game. 
And with how Alabama's looked this year, I don't think it's completely out of the question to say that this Alabama team could drop a game, could drop another game before their bowl game. So I, I just think it's interesting. I agree with everything you're saying. I totally do. But I'm trying to not get so high. I'm trying to remind myself 13 points is a difficult thing to get past, no matter how, yes, we were able to beat a team that hung with Alabama. Yes, we almost beat LSU, who hung with Alabama. Yes, we were competitive. I think that the Iron Bowl is going to be a super competitive game. That being said, I'm also concerned about this week because I'm concerned that we're not going to be able to score enough points to win if they throw something crazy at us and it's their Super Bowl. That that's I think that's where my 13-point uh, concern is, is right now the Western Kentucky game. And maybe I've just been totally conditioned by ESPN and Vegas doing a five-and-a-half-point, you know, spread. But I don't know. It just – it seems – like a a not good recipe for this game. And I I don't disagree with you, but do you think, and this is a legitimate question, do you think that the mathematical potential of a bowl bid motivates these guys a little bit more to focus on Western Kentucky more so and not look, not just look ahead to Alabama? Or do you think these guys are all locked in like they're looking to the Iron Bowl? And here is where my concern is is that I think that this team is 100% focused on Western Kentucky this week. I truly believe that everyone on the coaching staff is looking forward to Western Kentucky and that every, all of the players are looking forward to the, looking at this game. And I'm still concerned that, that this team has the potential to not win the game, even if they are totally locked in on Western Kentucky. Because Western Kentucky's not bad. No, like, not at all. They're not bad at all. They, I mean, they went and beat Hawaii worse than Vanderbilt beat Hawaii. They, they haven't gotten beat bad. Them, they've gotten beat bad in one game this year, and the past two weekends they've whipped up on some teams. I mean, like hung fifty on them. So, my concern is not in the focus of this team. I think this team is going to be locked in, ready to go on Saturday. My concern is whether or not they can win the football game being locked in and ready to go. Because Western Texas A&M, you could argue that they were not locked in and ready to go against Auburn, or their coach just absolutely mauled them with a game plan that was horrible on offense. I mean, their offense was very basic this week. I mean, it, it wasn't hard to figure out what was going on. I mean, you had Auburn guys calling the play in the huddle and saying, I'm going to try a new pass rush move because I know what play's coming, and then they get a strip sack. I mean, they knew what was coming. Like, yeah. it was not imaginative at all, and it was highly ineffective. I mean, you scored a touchdown at the end when you finally ran tempo, um, and you got a field goal when – they didn't even get a first – when they got the field goal, did they even get a first down on their field goal possession? Or did they get the interception in field goal range? I think they went three and out and then kicked a field goal. 
I think I think they they had I know they had five straight three and outs to start the second half, and they yeah. had one yard going into the fourth quarter. Or yeah, something like, like that. It was bad. It, it was bad. it was the definition of highly ineffective. Western Kentucky. I don't think that Auburn's defense is going to be able to do that to Western Kentucky. I really don't. I think that this game is too important to Western Kentucky for them and their coach. I don't think he's going to be as arrogant and boneheaded as Jimbo to say I'm just going to run the same thing over and over. And therein lies my concern. Now, theoretically, just looking at the recruiting classes, Auburn has more talent than Western Kentucky. But heck, Texas A&M had a whole lot more talent than Auburn does on the roster right now. And just because your recruiting rankings are higher doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to win. Yeah. But I also think, think that if Auburn's offensive line leans on Western Kentucky like they did on Texas A&M, I think that both guys will be able to go for more than 120 yards this week. It would not surprise me if we throw less than 10 passes this week. It wouldn't surprise me at all either, and I don't even know if that's necessarily a bad idea. But to take a look at Western Kentucky, their quarterback, Austin Reed, is their their guy. I mean, he's a, he's a 6'2", 230-pound senior, second in college football, in passing yards with 3,548. He's tied for third in passing touchdowns with 31. Um, and to compare him to Robbie, he has the same amount of interceptions. He has 25 more touchdowns and has thrown 230 more passes than Robbie has. So just comparing him to Robbie, he also has 2,000 more passing yards. So quarterback-wise, they might have a slight edge, all right? So – just a slight one, all right? Looking at their looking at their schedule, I'm going to read off their whole schedule. Their offense is the name of the game, extremely high-powered. They beat Austin P to start the season 38-27. They beat Hawaii 49-17. They lost in overtime to Indiana 33-30. Then they came off about a heartbreaker against Indiana, ticked off, and beat FIU 73-0. <laughs> They lost to Troy the next week, 34-27. Lost to UTSA, 31-28. They beat uh, Middle Tennessee State, 35-17. They beat the UAB Blazers, 20-17, in their worst offensive showing of the season. They lost uh, – or UAB besides had the five next week. turnovers in that game. UAB's yeah. defense shut them down. They gave up five turnovers and still gave up less points than anyone this year. And North Texas the next week was able to follow the same blueprint with a 40-13 to 13 win over the Hilltoppers. Then Western Kentucky has won back-to-back weeks with a 59-7 to 7 win over Charlotte and a 45-10 to 10 win over Rice before coming in to Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday for a 3 o'clock kick. So, obviously, Western Kentucky is an extremely high-powered offense, but there is a model that you can follow with what UAB and what North Texas did. So it's not like – the staff necessarily has to find something that is just no one else has thought of. It's not like they have to game plan for an offense that no one can stop this season, but they're still having to, they're still having to stop one of the best offenses in the country and shut down one of the best quarterbacks in the country statistically. So whether do you think just, just gut reaction, does this feel like more of a high scoring game or a low scoring game to you from how the two offenses have looked in the past weeks? Do you think that Auburn's defense steps up and makes it more of a kind of grind them out game? Or do you think both defenses just get run through and it's just a race to 50 points? No, 
I do not think that they will run through Auburn's defense. Um, UAB does have a really good defense, especially on the perimeter. That's kind of UAB. UAB's gotten really successful in past years in Conference USA because they just have elite athletes on defense. The defense has kept UAB in games for the past five years. Um, and they did again this time. And if they didn't have so many turnovers, then they would have won the game. Um, so I'm not as concerned about the deep. I'm not concerned that the defense is going to get run for like 30 points. I'm concerned that the offense is not going to be able to score 28 if they need to. That if mm-hmm. they give up, you know, going back to Mississippi State, if you give up a special teams play, you give up a pick six. You give, you know, a lot of fumbles, a lot of balls on the ground for Auburn this week. You give up a couple of fumbles in your own territory and on a short field, they they go down and score. That's the concern I have for this game. I don't think that they're just going to straight up beat you. I don't think it's going to be, you know, if neither team has a turnover that Western Kentucky's winning the game. Some stuff is going to have to happen. But the problem is, is Auburn has allowed that stuff to happen in games this year. You know, Robbie throwing a pick on a screen or getting it batted at the line. These are all things that we've seen happen in a fairly consistent manner that I'm highly concerned about. Now, do I think it's possible that Auburn blows them out? I really do. Like, that's what should happen. When you pay a team to come and play you, you should blow them out. Or at least win by, I would say, for Conference USA teams, I would say beating them by more than two touchdowns is blowing them out. Because Conference USA, it's still, it's not like bringing in Akron, okay? Akron is traditionally one of the worst football teams that competes every year. Or bringing in um, Sanford. We've had Sanford as the bye game a couple of times. Like, that's just not fair. The the athletes are not even comparable. Conference USA has guys that were undersized coming out of high school, and they may be NFL. They produce a lot of NFL people out of Conference USA, so you can't just say, oh, we're going to out-talent them, because they probably have some pretty good-sized people. And you'll see a lot of transfers from SEC schools move down to a Conference USA um, that's just outside of the playing rotation. So I would say... If you beat this team by more than 14 points, I'd be happy. Score prediction. Um, I'm going to put it at 27 to 18. I like I, I think we win. I'm going to give us 30, 30 to 22. You know, I, I think that this is something that we've both gone into, and I'm just going to talk about this really quick. This team is a team that makes you expect just a really weird score. Just yeah. this Auburn team, you never think we're going to win the conventional football game. But yeah. regardless, that kind of wraps up our football talk. We'll be back next week breaking down the Western Kentucky game and previewing the Iron Bowl. But first, let's get into some basketball content really quick. Obviously, Auburn is 3-0, and 13th in the country. Uh, they took on Winthrop last night and won 89-65. to Wheeler, just really quick, give us your thoughts about that game, how you have seen the roster kind of solidify things that you really like, things that you're concerned about. Just give us your quick, uh, quick rundown of the basketball team uh, as we sit kind of in the middle of uh, the thick of football season. Definitely thought it was the best performance out of the basketball team. 
Uh, Shooting-wise, it certainly was. Um, I think Janai Broom is starting to get a little bit healthier. Um, you saw a little bit more bounce in his step. I, I, th- I still think he's a little bit hobbled, but you kind of saw the bounce. And I think he's got really good vision for where the drivers are going with the basketball and his ability to block. Same with uh, Dylan Cardwell this year. I think being with Walker Kessler and being with such an elite shot blocker in practice every day, I really think he picked up a lot. I mean, his technique on shot blocking, both of them, very impressive. Now, it is Winthrop, but typically shot block, you don't just lose your ability to shot block, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So we that, said the that same was thing impressive. about Walker. I thought that the shooting was better. Um, and I think I said in the preseason when we were watching the Israel tour, and it was just solidified for me again. Chance Westry is going to be the defining piece of this team. I I think that if Chance really lives up to expectation or maybe does pulls an Isaac Okoro and is slightly above expectation of where he's supposed to be, this team could be really dangerous in March. If Chance, you know, is not able to get his knee right or is struggling. I think that this team is going to struggle. I don't think that I don't think Allen's going to be your number one guy. I think he's a great number two. I think he is an elite guy, and I don't mean like point guard number one. I mean like your go-to guy. He is going to be great as your second option. Um, same with Wendell. There's you need that alpha, and I think that he has the ability to do that for the guard position. Because I think the bigs are going to be fine. Um, Johan Traor has kind of struggled a little bit starting the season. Um, but I think we have to remember that not all freshmen are Jabari Smith and not all freshmen are Isaac Okoro. And that he's played in three college basketball games. And just because he hasn't been dominate in his first three college basketball games, he could still be really good by the middle of SEC play or in the SEC tournament, or in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I'm. this team is not going to be like last year's. They're, I don't think they're going to peak early. That I, That's not going to be their issue. It's going to be whether or not they can get it in in time for March. And uh, I, I expect a good run out of this team. I think it's going to be frustrating at times this season. I think there are going to be some frustrating losses along the way. But I think there's also going to be some wins. And I want to... This sounds bad. Frustrating wins where they're going to put all the pieces together for a game and they're just going to manhandle somebody. And you're going to be like, why can we not do this more often? And then you're going to have the games where nothing is falling for anyone and they're going to lose a game that they shouldn't lose. And that's just what you have in a young team. Um, I just hope it doesn't happen in March. But that's exactly what happened last year in the Miami game. Yeah, I can agree. And I, I do think with, with Johan, it's also important to note he hasn't been bad. Like that's not like he, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been he hasn't been great, but you're like he's not he's not necessarily a liability. But something that has encouraged me, we didn't have a single player over 25 minutes against Winthrop, and we won the game by effectively 30 points. Um, and that's something that I like because you know, we talk about depth a lot, but last year it, it still was like your best guys are still playing a ton of minutes. And, yes, you have depth. But it really seems like this team – and I don't know if this is necessarily a great thing or not. It just seems like there isn't much of a drop-off. It's kind of like the guys that are hot are going to play more. 
So, like, Alan Flanagan played 19 minutes. Chris Moore only played 12, despite Chris Moore starting. Chris Moore has also been a guy that has played a lot better this season than we've ever seen him in Auburn. Trey Donaldson coming as a true freshman, being an effective player. That's something we didn't really expect, especially not at this point in the season. Jalen Williams, he's been a dependable guy. He hasn't really found his stroke quite yet, which might be slightly encouraging that we've seen what he can do, and he hasn't really gotten there yet. So I do agree with you that I think that – we could have some really frustrating games. But I, I think that this team's a weird one because you're not – you don't feel great about them, but also you I, – I completely expect that this team in February and March will look like a completely different basketball team than it does right now. I think it's exciting to see kind of guys just kind of grow in to themselves with – I mean, young guys obviously like Chance, Johan, Trey, but also kind of older guys that are kind of growing into their like – Oh, like I'm, I'm a, like I'm, I'm an upperclassman. Like I'm that guy. Like guys like Allen, Janai, even Wendell. Wendell looked really good last, uh, last night with 16 points on six of 10 shooting, five assists, and I don't think he had a turnover. So that's just something that I think is really encouraging. And this is a, it's a very different team, but it's still very fun and a, just a very fun environment and guys that you're excited to watch, watch play. I will but, also say Chris Moore gonna be the glue of this team this year. Mm-hmm. He is going to be Mr. Reliable, blue-collar guy. I really like his game. We have been waiting on him to get some playing time for several years, and he is finally getting his time, and he's making the most of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been really, really excited to see how he plays. And also, you know, you mentioned Dylan Cardwell and Janai Broom with their blocks. That's also something we were a little, little concerned about with Walker. That was our biggest concern is we were like, yeah, he's dominating all these guys from – you know, these smaller schools with short guys, but what's he going to do in the SEC? And he stepped up and did even better in the SEC than he did against the mid-majors. So I I don't think that that's necessarily something to be incredibly worried about. Obviously, it's a factor, but I I still expect Janai and Dylan to be some of the best shot blockers in the country at this point, you know, later in the season when they uh, are 100% healthy and if they stay healthy the entire season. But regardless – Auburn basketball is definitely something to be excited about. We're excited to see where this turns. We'll be back next week. We'll have a little bit more Auburn basketball to break down in addition to what is hopefully an Auburn win over Western Kentucky, an Iron Bowl preview, and what will hopefully be a game to define Auburn's bowl eligibility. And also we'll have some more fun content coming for you guys that week with coaching searches and all that good stuff. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.